translation. When Vasudev heard that Nanda Maharaj, his very dear friend and brother, had come to Mathura and had already paid the taxes to Kamsa, he went to Nanda Maharaj's residence. So I say, and you can repeat, when Vasudev heard that Nanda Maharaj, his very dear friend and brother, had come to Mathura and had already paid the taxes to Kamsa. He went to Nanda Maharaj's residence. Translation, the purport by Divine Grace, Srila A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Srila Prabhupada. <coughs> Vasudeva and Nanda Maharaj were so intimately connected that they lived like brothers. Furthermore, it is learned from the notes of Sripad Madhavacharya that Vasudeva and Nanda Maharaj were stepbrothers. Vasudeva's father, excuse me, father, Surasen, married a Vaishya girl, and from her, Nanda Maharaj was born. Later, Nanda Maharaj himself married a Vaishya girl, Jashoda. Therefore, his family is celebrated as a Vaishya family. And Krishna, identifying himself as their son, took charge of Vaishya activities. Krishigo Raksham Yanijam. Balaram represents plowing the land for agriculture and therefore always carries in his hand a plow, whereas Krishna tends cows and therefore carries a flute in his hand. Thus the two brothers represent Krishi Raksha and Go Raksha. Krishi Raksha is the plowing of the fields. Go Raksha is the pretending or protecting of the cows. Om Gyanatimarindasya Gnanjana Shalakaya Chakshur Unmilitam Jaina Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha Sri Chaitanya Manovishtam Shtapitam Jaina Bhutale Swayam Rupakadamayam Dadanti Swapadantakam Bancha Kalpata Rubyascha Kripas Indubevacha Patitanam Pabanebio Vaishnavebio Namo Namaha So once again, I'll read the verse. When Vasudev heard that Nanda Maharaj, his very dear friend and brother, had come to Mathura and already paid the taxes to Kamsa, he went to Nanda Maharaj's residence. So, uh, <coughs> Vasudev has learned that uh, uh, that Nanda Maharaj has come to uh, see Kamsa to pay his taxes. Nanda Maharaj was very much in a hurry to pay his taxes to keep Kamsa from uh, erupting. Uh, Kamsa was kind of uh, uh, in a bad mood. Uh, he was worried that uh, he was going to be killed by the Supreme uh, Godhead at any moment. So, you know, he was kind of sweating blood, as they say. Krishna had come, uh, although he had tried so hard he had put forth such great effort to prevent this. And uh, many years he had worried. You know, he had killed so many children uh, thinking that this one could be Krishna, this one will be Krishna. Now he's learned that, oh, this whole thing has become out of my control. Krishna is here. He has come. So he was in an agitated mood. So uh, uh, Nanda Maharaj felt like, you know, this, this is not a good time to be late on my taxes. So he went and paid his taxes uh, dutifully, make sure that he was on time. So uh, if I need to slow down or anything, let me know for your translations, okay? Okay. So uh, anyway, uh, so when he heard this, Vasudev went to see his very dear friend, his stepbrother, you see, uh, they had, um, uh, they were in the uh, uh, the Vaisha Varna. You see, they were Vaishas. Uh, and it's pointed out here that Krishna uh, is as a cow protector. He's the, the son of Nanda Maharaj. Uh, he was raised as a Vaisha. Krishna is a Vaisha. So is Lord Balaram. You see, so uh, the importance of the Vaishas should be noted. The Vaishas are the ones who feed us. The Vaishas perform 
cow protection, although there's not a lot of that anymore on this planet, you see. Vaishas now basically, instead of protecting cows, they're making money in other other uh, methods, you see. Selling us uh, really neat things like uh, cell phones and computers and big screen TVs. Pretty soon the TVs are going to be so big that the wall won't be, you know, they're going to have to make rooms bigger because televisions are getting bigger and bigger everywhere I go. And I was visiting a friend in uh, Tennessee when I was preaching through there. And the last time I was there, uh, he had gotten, he had purchased this gigantic flat screen TV. It's only like this thick, you see. And then this time I was there and it was only like maybe a year old and he had gotten a much, much bigger one. And uh, I asked him, I said, why the bigger TV? He said, well, I got a bonus uh, at work, and they started making them bigger. <laughs> so I thought, okay, I guess that's a good reason. So, uh, you know, so oh, so the Vaishas today, they're engaged in uh, uh, convincing us uh, that uh, we need their products. You see, you can't walk through, uh, uh, for instance, you can't go through a health food store. You go to Whole Foods and they've got all the, if you, you, you can ask them, you know, I've got this ailment, you know, what do you recommend? And they'll give you, you know, before you know it, they can give you $300 worth of stuff. And uh, you need to take it every month and you need to do this, you need to do that, and la, yada, yada, you know. Uh, so you, you just, you just, you know, uh, the Vaisha uh, uh, section of our uh, society has become corrupt, you see. It's become corrupt. Why? Because as Kali Yuga goes on, greed intensifies, you see. We can see that the mode of passion is getting more and more uh, prominent. Every day there are more and more wars, you know, this country says, you know, you came and you 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 conquered us and uh, forty years ago, and you took land, and now we want it back, and we're going to bomb you if you don't, and you know, and then it's just constant. Uh, the people who control the oil are trying to uh, try to keep the price up. Sometimes I've been told that uh, in order to keep the price up, grain uh, grains are sometimes destroyed. Rice is dumped into the ocean. You see. Thousands of kilos of, of rice, because if we allow the rice to go into the market to be sold so, uh, so that people would eat it, then the price would go down. So to make the price go up, we throw it in the ocean. So, you know, this is going on. This is the, uh, the Vaishas are actually controlling everything. The Vaishas are, uh, uh, the corrupt Vaishas are in our face every moment of every day. For those who have televisions and watch TV, you turn it on and the, the Vaishas are selling you something. You see? They're trying to sell, isn't it? They're, as soon as you turn on the television, they're selling. Boy, this, you need this, you need that. Do you have warts? You need this, you need that. Uh, you know. And, and, and if you're one of the first 100 callers, we'll double the order. And, you know, it's just, it's just constant. I'm, I'm surprised they don't say, for you, we're making no profit. You know, you see, so we're bombarded. As you drive down the freeway, the Vaishas have their signs up and they're trying to sell you this beer or that whiskey or, you know. So it's become, uh, uh, we're, we're contaminated and absolutely controlled by this mode of passion of the Vaishas, you see. The Vaishas in this age have driven us to change the very way that the, uh, uh, the family, the American family, is made up, you see? Uh, in that, uh, after World War II, after we had totally obliterated uh, Japan, we had dropped uh, atomic bombs and just completely wiped out their major cities. Their infrastructure was destroyed, you see? The country was on its knees, uh, and then they started to bounce back at such a fast, uh, amazing rate that the Vaishas in America thought, well, this is quite amazing. Just see how this Japanese economy 
has come from the ashes and rubble of our atomic bombs and started to uh, make such progress. So therefore, uh, there's something here to be learned because we want our economy to do that in America. We want money, you see. Uh, We want more money. Uh, Money is never enough. I need more. Uh, More is never enough. I need even more. Even more is never enough. I need way more, you see. So they thought, what can we do? Well, let's analyze what's happened. What are the Japanese doing? Well, uh, the uh, economy experts or whatever we would call them, they went to analyze the the Japanese uh, economy, and they saw that everyone after World War II in Japan had pitched in together. The women had gone out. They were leaving their children with other uh, people in the neighborhood, and the women had gone out, and they're working just like our women went to work in the factories in World War II when all the men had to go off to work, I mean, to, to war. So the women, are, you know, my mother, would she, she went to Chicago and welded uh, bottoms and buckets for soldiers and, you know, probably Marines or whatever, you know, while her husband was overseas fighting in the war. So they thought, you know, so the women in our country, in America, they know that they can work. We know that they can work. They're willing to work. But now the men have come home, and the economy wasn't so bad in America. It was pretty good, actually. But we want it to be better. We want it to boom, because if it booms, then our pocketbooks boom as well. So we have to get the women to work. You see, Uh, that's what's happening in Germany. That's what's happening uh, in Japan. In, In the countries that we decimated... The women have gone to, gone to work, so the workforce is, uh, they're, they're, they're maximizing the workforce. So we need our women to go to work. How to do that? We've got to convince them that it's their right. Yeah. I gotta con- I'm going to convince you that it's, you know, uh, Mishra Prabhu, I want to convince you that it's your right to swing a sledgehammer. Did you know that? For 14 hours a day, you have a right to swing a sledgehammer in Texas at 100 degrees for 14 hours a day, and you are being denied your right by this man here. (laughs) He's taken your right away. And you should stand up for your rights because it's not only you, it's others too, you see. So this propaganda went on, and there was other things that were used, and you know it was heavy propaganda for a long time, and the movement started going, and somehow or other, uh, so many of the mothers uh, left their children, you know, daycare, you know, a whole new business boomed, daycare business. Oh. The mothers go to work now that they're buying more clothing. Clothing business boomed. Huh? They need cars. We sold more cars. They need more gas. We sold more gas. You see, it gave way for a whole new industry of a different type of food. You see, we'll give you TV dinners and packaged food. You know, the kind of meal that you can see in a box. And there's a picture of the meal in the box. You know, and you go to the store and you buy it off the shelf. You see. And it became chic, hip, to uh, to not be so much of a cook, to be enslaved in a kitchen all day, slaving over a hot stove. Although I never saw any anybody, any of my friends' mothers, nobody. Uh, well, there was one lady that slaved over a hot stove all the time, but she had 12 children So, in my neighborhood, Italian lady, so... But typically, that wasn't the case. But anyway, that was the propaganda, see? So uh, with this, a whole change of life took place in America right before our very eyes. We saw it happen. Why? Because I need more money. I'm so greedy. Greed, uh, in this case, and in many cases, greed can lead way to genius, what we would call material genius, you see? Materially, these people were brilliant. If we look, uh, I've been, I talked with some, some of my friends here in, the, in this community about this a few months ago. 
<clears throat> but if we analyze uh, the Vaisha mind, add the element of greed in this Kali Yuga, and we can see pure genius. Genius on how to get money. Now, it's not genius on how to help the, the soul. Uh, it's not genius uh, on how to find Krishna or how to be happy, but genius on how to collect money. We see it. You see, it, before this particular time, uh, for instance, around the time of the moonshot, you see, uh, the moonshot was necessary for the, for the Vaishas to increase their wealth. Now, we were told by the president at the time that it was necessary to keep the Russians from going up there and putting missiles on the moon, and then they would shoot missiles at us. So we've got to go protect ourselves. We need to spend $24 billion. And in the 60s, $24 billion was a lot of money. You know, it's like, you know, $240 billion today or something like that. Half a trillion maybe. So we, the, the geniuses, the Vaisha geniuses knew, you know, there's these things that we can come out with, of computers. You know, maybe even someday... Everybody will have a telephone that they can carry around in their shirt pocket, you see. But there was a golden rule in those days. Necessity is the mother of invention. There was no necessity, you know. Sometimes people are amazed when I tell them life was just fine before cell phones. I mean, believe it or not, but society went on just fine. You know, so even before telephones, life was was fine. But, but there was no need for these. There was no need. So they couldn't get, um, if, if you went to the average man and said, hey, how would you like a telephone you can carry in your pocket? He'd say, for what? Well, how'd you like to have a computer? Oh, I don't even know what a computer is. I don't really have a need for one. I didn't, they didn't, there was no need. Uh, a lot of the people were agrarian. They worked their, their, uh, their farms, you see. People were working in factories and, and had that kind of life. They had, there, was, there was no need for computers in the world. But, uh, so there was no way that, that the, the, the population would approve of the government sticking $24 billion into development, product development for these things. The politicians <clears throat> would have been thrown out because the people were smart enough to know, I don't need this, you see. But the, gen the genius behind the Vaishas is they broke this golden rule of necessity as a mother of invention, you see. They thought, if we show it to you, you're going to want it. We know that, you see. There was no need for color TV, but they developed color television because we, they, they knew once you see it, you're going to want it, you see. So we'll sell it. So, uh, so then there was the, the plan for the uh, moonshot. Let's spend $24 billion to develop all this technology, you see. And, and this will give us the, the basis for going forward in technology. From here, we can go, uh, you know, once we get over the hump and get the basis, then we can develop this as far as you can imagine, you see. So therefore, the uh, uh, infamous uh, false claim that we went to the moon, you see. The money was spent and uh, uh, the technology was developed and as soon as it started, it was showed to the common man, then, oh, I've got to have that, you see. I remember when uh, cell phones came out, they were very expensive, like you know, $2,300 or something like that. They were very expensive. Uh, they were only, the only ones, the first ones were in your car. It was a car phone, you see. You'd have a car. And typically, if you had a, uh, if you had a mobile phone, you were, you were very important. You were wealthy. Or you had a company that was was paying for it. You see, it was very rare, very expensive to talk on the phone, you know. So, and then other people saw people, if you saw the little antenna on the back of the car, 
You know, oh, look at that guy. See that guy in the Cadillac? He's got a telephone. This guy must be really important. So the common man started thinking, boy, if I ever get a chance, I'm going to have a little antenna on the back of my car. You know? So then you started seeing Fords and Chevys with little antennas, and you know, you could tell they had cars too. Then it started to spread. Costs came down. They spread more. Costs came down. Then all of a sudden, you got one that you could walk around with. Of course, it was as big as a brick, you know, very expensive. But then the cost came down. More people wanted them, and they started this whole rat race that we've seen since then to where now you've got, you know, these little telephones that you can surf the web. You can, you can do everything, you know. They're just amazing, you see. So the Vaishas are so cunning. They're so brilliant. Um, that they're, 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 they, they lead us in, you see. They know how to extract the money. All we have to do is show it to you, see. So they're representatives. Uh, yesterday we talked about um, you can be a representative of God. You can be a representative of Krishna. We, in this uh, ISKCON, uh, anyone who surrendered to God and, and wants to spread his message, is a direct representative of, of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. A deputy, you could say. You're authorized. If you surrender to God, if you surrender to Krishna, surrender to your guru, you're authorized. You're deputized to spread this movement. You know. So in other words, you're an agent of the Supreme Lord. On the other hand, if you're not, what are you involved in? You become an agent of Maya. You become an agent of Maya by your very activity. How is that? You, you may say, well, when people, someone sees you, you know, one person sees you when you show up with your iPad or your iPhone. Some guys think, hey, what is that? That one looks so much neater than mine. Oh, well, well let me show you what I can do with this. You know, Whoa. Dude, where'd you get that? Radio Shack or wherever, you know. So that doesn't mean you're an evil person. I'm not saying you're evil. or, But you see how it's self-perpetuated. Now, the devotee shows up, and he's got a cell phone that he uses for devotional service or computer that he uses for devotional service. You see, we can see uh, classes on air, uh, on the, on the Internet. We can see... Uh, I mean, we can hear uh, uh, bhajans and kirtans, and I mean, so much. I get so many wonderful deity pictures. So the devotees are using these things uh, in the service of Krishna. We're not using these things in the service of Maya. The devotee uses whatever he possibly can, whatever he comes in contact. He figures out a way that he can use that uh, to serve Krishna and Guru. If he can't, then it's rubbish. There's no need for it. It's useless. It might cost several thousand dollars and it might be very pretty, but the devotee, it's useless. He has no, no need for it. No attraction, you see. So the devotee, uh, if you show him, if you have some commercial and you show him some product, he, he establishes whether I need this or not by... Uh, Analyzing, how could I serve Krishna and Guru with this? Maybe I could use this to send, we could record bhajans and send them across the country, or, you know, whatever, classes, whatever, you see. And if it doesn't fit that criteria, the devotee thinks, ah, useless. Hmm? Those who are confused and who are still in the darkness of ignorance, they see some new toy and they think, oh, man, I've got to have that, you know. Part of the reason is, uh, I don't really need it, but I want to be seen with that. You know, I want to have one before he gets one. I want to be the first one to show up around the circle of friends. I want to go to happy hour, you know, at the local bar and show them my new gizmo that I have, you know. They're going to see. Yeah, that'll show them. Someday I'll figure out some need for it, you know, but right now it sure is fun. And what the heck, I've got the money. Yeah, I got the money. If I don't, I'll borrow it, you see, the credit card. 
So this is the nature of uh, the vaishas, the corruption of the vaishas in this uh, uh, age of Kali Yuga. You see, they're not necessarily the feeders anymore. And what they feed us is rubbish. It's full of these long chemical names, you know, the chemical um, what are, um, preservatives, monoendolycerides. What are monoendolycerides anyway? But it's in everything. You know, high fructose corn syrup and yada, 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 all these things. And <clears throat> it's all changed. You know, very few people, uh, the mothers nowadays take pride in, in that, uh, well, I've discovered Boston Market and I can stop there on my way, way home and and get uh, this meal or that meal. It's all it's just been freshly cooked for me. Or uh, many of them go to the uh, to the store buy the box, you know, hamburger helper or something, you know, something in a box, something frozen. Or hey, let's do some smiling and dialing. Call for a pizza. No need to do that, my dear. I can order the pizza on my phone. You know. See how sweet and easy this is? The Vaishas have made our life so wonderful. I don't even have to cook anymore. You see? So, uh, we've been, uh, the, the, uh, the old Texas term, we've been hornswoggled. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> we've been tricked. Uh, we've been ripped off, as we used to say in the 60s. Huh? Cheated. We've been cheated. For, for them to line their pockets again and again and again to get richer and richer and richer, uh, those, those of us are following the carrot. They're dangling the carrot, and we're following right along behind it. You see, when the, when the new iPhones come out, there are people who camp overnight at the store. They're camping out there. This is like Rolling Stones tickets or something, you know? It's amazing. There's a new phone coming out, and I've got to have it. You know, we, so we have to take pity on them. So therefore, uh, we have to, if we can, Prabhupada wanted us to establish this uh, uh, Vaisha community, you see. He'd like to see us protect cows. First and foremost duty of the Vaisha, protect cows. From cow protection, become, not only do we get wonderful foodstuffs, but through cow protection, it produces a peaceful energy. The, the biggest problems in the world right now are caused because of so many cows being slaughtered. Now, some people, uh, non-devotees, would say, well, you're just being foolish. You're part of those Hindus who like the sacred cows. You know, all those people over there are starving to death and they've got cows walking the streets and they won't kill them and eat them. That's how foolish they are, you see. So it's difficult for, you, for us to tell people the truth. The truth is, if we stopped killing cows, if we just started with cows, the world would become so much more peaceful. If we could give up animal slaughter altogether, Wars would cease. Our mentality would change. You see? We would start to think like human beings again. You see? It's a, the, the peace uh, formula, the formula for peace. You see? There is no real desire uh, for peace amongst the leaders. We all have the desire for peace because we don't want our sons and Daughters, now daughters, you know. My God, I never thought I'd hear this day. Sons and daughters going off to be killed in war, you know. When I was uh, uh, a young man during the 60s, uh, it was only the men we had to worry about being drafted. Remember that? You know, it was just us. It wasn't, you know, the girls didn't have to worry about being drafted. But because you've been given these rights now, the next time there's a serious need for army, you're on the list to be drafted. 
because it would be denying you your right not to be drafted along with the men. So the next time, and there will be a next time, I don't know when, the next time there's a huge need to to grow the armed forces and the draft comes back, it's going to be men and women. You get to enjoy the right that you fought for and struggled for. Unfortunately, you were tricked into, you see. So uh, if we could only... uh, If we could, first of all, I don't know if it should be first, but it sure would be nice if we could, let's say if we could start with the Vaisha community, take the corruption out of the Vaishas, take the corruption out of the Kshatriyas, the leaders, take the corruption out of the Brahman class, the so-called theological leaders of the world who try to convince us that the world is going to end on May 21st. And now we've been, it's been extended October. Did you hear that? Have you heard? What's the date? What's the new date? You know? Huh? Oh, it's October 21st. Oh, okay. And that's just, that's it. It's in the Bible. It's, uh, you know, that you won't know. And yet these fools, for whatever reason, Insanity or the desire for money or a little bit of both. I don't know. Uh, they want to try to uh, do something. So we need to clean up the uh, Brahmin class. You know, this person is, a, is posing as a Brahmin, spiritual teacher. You know, look how corrupt our leaders are. The Chatriyas. Now, how could the sudras possibly not be corrupt if the other three classes are corrupt? You see, the sudras, you know, they're corrupt, they're corrupt as well, you see. If we, if we take the corruption out of uh, the brahmanas, the kshatriyas, and the vaishas, the sudras will follow, you see. They always follow what the, the higher classes do. So, uh, we, though, the Vaishnavas, these... This doesn't. None of these things really apply to us. The Vaishnava, uh, the servant of Krishna, we're prepared to take up the work of anybody. You see, one day we may do the, the activities of a Brahmin, or in the morning we may do the activities of a Brahmin. Late later in that uh, in the morning we go to work and do the activities of a Vaisha. Then we may come home and take up the activities of a chatriya by managing the temple. And sometimes there's suja work that needs to be done, and we're out there digging and doing something, they're making a parking lot or whatever, fixing the plumbing in the temple, you see. The Vaisha is above this. I mean, not the Vaisha, the Vaishnava. The Vaishnava, uh, we can perform any of these uh, uh, tasks. You see, we offer everything to Krishna. You see, why is it? Because the Vaishnava goes to Krishna. He doesn't say, "My dear Lord, this is what I do, and this is how I want you to engage me." He goes to Krishna and says, "My dear Lord, please engage me in any way you like." And if Krishna says, "Well, I want you to take care of cows," he says, "Oh, this is blissful." And if he says, "Well, I want you to be a carpenter, build temples for me," oh, very good. I don't know how, but I'll learn. You see, like that. So I think I can pause here for uh, and see if there's any questions or comments. Yes, Mishra Prabhu? Yeah. What's the difference? There's no difference. <laughs> 
And Prabhupada says it becomes Krishnaized. It, be, it becomes uh, spiritualized, Krishnaized. It's spiritual activity. Um, the activities that we're performing, I had an interesting conversation with Mother Sucharya uh, yesterday afternoon. Came into the temple to chant for a while. We chatted a little bit. And a uh, wonderful realization that I got from her uh, that this ISKCON is a training ground. We're being trained to go to Gokula, to Goloka Vrindavan. We're performing the activities here. We're getting ready to go to Goloka, you see. We're, we're, we're doing the activities that they do in Goloka, and we're taking on the attitudes and uh, our, our way of seeing Krishna, you see. Because when we get to uh, Goloka Vrindavan, we're not going to worship Krishna in awe and reverence. That's not, that doesn't fit there. You know, it doesn't work. In, in uh, Goloka Vrindavan, no one thinks of Krishna as God. He's just wonderful Krishna. There is no need for God in Goloka Vrindavan. The only need is Krishna. We need Krishna. He's so wonderful. We love him so much. I, I can't think of a moment being without Krishna, you see. It's not awe and reverence. It's not fear. It's just love. We're so attracted. We're so attached to this Krishna, you see. So we're cooking for Krishna. We're cleaning. In, in Goloka Vrindavan, there's no dust. But yet the gopis clean Krishna's residence. They dust. There is no dust. Nothing gets dirty, but yet they clean out of love, you see. They don't see Krishna as God. When Krishna was fighting the demons, the, the, the gopis were afraid that he might get hurt. They were fainting. They oh, oh, what's happening to Krishna? They didn't think, oh, Krishna's God, he'll go kill the demon. They're like, no, don't hurt Krishna. You see? Mother Yashoda didn't think that she was spanking God when she spanked his rear end for being naughty. You see? So uh, we're starting to perform some of the activities uh, here. Uh, do everything as an offering to God. The object of the game is to become more and more intimate with Krishna as we go, you see, to grow our love for Krishna until we achieve uh, Krishna Prem. See, that's what we're trying to do. That's our, our goal here. So um, at the point where we achieve Krishna Prem, then... Uh, on reverence has been pushed out, you see. Once you feel totally in love with Krishna, the on, on reverence is gone. So the on reverence is going to disappear as your love increases for him, you see. I mean, we can see Kalachanji, uh, we can see him as a naughty boy, but still once, once in a while we look at him and there's some on reverence, you know. We still see him as God. It's hard not to see him as God. But we're getting over that. As we love him more and more, uh, we'll just see him as, as wonderful Krishna. Sweet, wonderful, naughty Krishna. <laughs> you know, who probably needs a spanking. <laughs> so, is that Okay. We're, that's yeah. We're doing. It's the same thing, same thing. Anything else? All right. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Hare Krishna.
Don't need that. Don't need that. 